North Pole Hotline, Mrs. Claus here. My holiday shopping list is so big, I can't wait for Black Friday. Get to Old Navy's biggest sale of the year starting tomorrow. Old Navy? Beat the crowds for 50% off your entire purchase. 50% off? Plus, this Friday only, Old Navy's famous cozy socks are just a buck in stores. Old Navy's giving $1 for every pair sold up to a million dollars to boys and girls clubs. So I can do good, look good, and get 50% off your entire purchase at Old Navy and OldNavy.com. Valid 1121 to 1123. Exclusions apply. See store for details. Cozy socks valid 1123 in stores only. Limit 10. Blog Talk Radio. Hello, this is Dr. Low Radio. You're tuning in to another episode where we cover the very best in natural medicine and nutrition. I just wanted to say I love you guys. I love doing this show. It just keeps me going. It keeps just reminding me why I do all of this. And it's so much fun. I get to learn a lot. I get to share it with thousands of people around the world. How much cooler can technology be? Thank you so much for you guys listening. I know a lot of you have been listening for over four years now. And I so much appreciate the continued support. It just means the world to me. And for all of you who are patients already, hello. So good to to, uh, share this information with you guys too. I I know a lot of my patients actually like to continue listening to the show because it just continues to you know, educate and give reminders of why they're doing what they're doing. And for all of you guys out there who are working with a doctor and maybe it's not working or maybe you have never really looked under the hood to see what's going on in your health, I would love to work with you. You can check me out over at shinenaturalmedicine.com. That's my clinic. We're down here in San Diego, actually North County, San Diego in Solana Beach. I work with patients locally here and also all over the country. So it's no big deal. We can work over the phone and really just get to the root of some of these conditions and some of these symptoms. You don't even have to be sick necessarily. You could just be maybe a little bit more fatigued than you'd like, or maybe, you know, your sleep isn't as good, or or maybe you want to kill your husband before you get your period. Things like that, we can get to the root of why that's going on. So uh, there are answers. You're not crazy. There's actually reasons for the way you feel the way you feel. And and so tonight's show is is something that I see quite a bit in my practice. I know my guest does as well. And it's something that for people who deal with this condition of fibromyalgia, oftentimes there's the there's the thought or I guess the the belief and it's really in the conventional world that there's nothing that really can be addressed for this except for medication. There's really nothing that can be done for this, I should say. And there it's just not the truth. There's so much to this condition. There's so many reasons why this condition exists and it's really about getting to the root of the problem instead of just masking it with drugs. So that's what we're going to talk about on the show tonight. I'm really excited about this topic. We did a show on this topic a few years ago with Dr. Alex Vasquez and um but it's such a it's such a big topic. I, I wanted to have another guest on the show to talk about it as well and see if we can get some more, you know, pearls of, of information about this and, and what you can do at home to empower yourself and to feel better. So if if any of you deal with this condition, you're definitely gonna get a lot of great information. If you know of anyone who has fibromyalgia, please share the show with them and and let's just spread the love. So our guest for tonight, we have Beverly Meyer on the show. I was actually on her show. We recorded a show, I think, yesterday, I want to say. Gosh, I feel like it's life lifetimes away. So much has happened since then. Uh, but I was on her show, so that's going to be published pretty soon. I was talking all about Candida. So definitely you can check that out when that comes out. But I'm having her on my show, so we can spread more love on, on this end. So Beverly Meyer, she is a natural health patient, practitioner, and podcaster. She's the host of Primal Diet Modern Health Podcast on Alternative Health and the Paleo Diet, available on iTunes or her website. The show reflects her 30 years' experience as a naturopathic practitioner and primal paleo food lover. Her DVD, The Diet for Human Beings, features Beverly speaking about modernizing our hunter-gatherer diet and is ideal for sharing with friends and family, puzzled by your newly found love of bacon, coconut milk, and all things paleo. Her motto is food first. Amen to that. That's my motto too. And new clients catch an earful on why changing their food is the best and fastest way to start to restore health and, and body composition. After a successful but exhausting career in business, Beverly began practicing as a certified clinical nutritionist in 1985. Her personal goal was to restore her immune system, adrenals, and celiac-damaged gut. Her blog, newsletter, Twitter, and Facebook pages offer up-to-date info on running your own lab work, creating a personalized gluten-free paleo diet, and restoring hormones and the immune system. She holds an MBA in finance and has been written about in Glamour, Venture, Entrepreneur, and Inc., and she was honored for her small business by the Atlanta, Atlanta Chamber of Commerce in the 1980s. Beverly, so great to have you on our show. Welcome to Dr. Low Radio. Yeah, that was quite an introduction. I was, I, I'm overwhelmed. <laughs> <laughs> well, you deserve every little uh, bit of it. So how are you doing? How are things going on over there? 
Doing great. I'm in San Antonio. We're having great weather, and uh, I'm just so happy to be able to share some of my clinical information with with your patients and your guests. And there's always so much to learn. And I, I, you know, we're all just so eager for help, and it's so gratifying to to assist people to find something that makes a difference, and they can celebrate that. Yeah, for sure. And it can be so confusing, I think, for, you know, for the for the average person is just learning and reading this magazine or that blog and watching Dr. Oz and seeing all kinds of conflicting information and, and then going to their doctor and their doctor saying, oh, you have this condition, you need this drug. It's really overwhelming. So I know that's why you love doing your show, why I love doing mine, to give some more information and, and really just to kind of sift through it for people and show that there is light at the end of the tunnel. And fibromyalgia, you know, just glancing at some of the forums on social media and from patients who I've had over the years, it can be so incredibly debilitating. And I know that this is a a topic you did on on your show, right? And you said it was just so well received. It was something that so many people deal with. So really, really excited to to dive into it. So um, is this something you see in your practice quite a bit? And and give it a little bit of, I guess, of background of why you, you know, are passionate about talking about fibromyalgia. Well, probably the first reason is that it's it's fibromyalgia is not an an it, you know, it's not a yeah. broken arm, it's not a uh, gallbladder blocked with stones, it's not a bunion, it's not, you know, it it is a huge amalgamation of issues that, frankly, it seems like we just don't really know. Well, we don't know what you have, but you have some of the things, and and we have this title. So you have fibromyalgia, <laughs> you have fibromyalgia, and uh, at least if they're more accurate, they say fibromyalgia syndrome, because mm-hmm. it's it is uh, I call it a global disorder, meaning that it can affect almost any function in your mind or body, and and that you know you can have identical twins with fibromyalgia and their symptoms could be completely different. One is de- de- completely fatigued, has terrible headaches, can't sleep despite the fatigue. The other one has pains all up and down their their back and their shoulder blades and their around the waist and down their buttocks and they have a lot of anxiety and their hormones are crazy and and yet all of this is lumped together as as fibromyalgia. So I think that's I like that challenge of helping to dismantle the <laughs> dismantle a diagnosis if you will and helping people see look this is this is not eight different problems and and but there may be some really big ways that changing your diet for example could make some really huge changes across the board and, yeah. and that's so exciting to see so many changes that come from from uh first thing of course being food first Mhm. Absolutely. Completely food first. What? How is this typically looked at from a conventional medicine setting? Because I know a lot of people listening are probably coming from that kind of world. Um, how is fibromyalgia looked at conventionally? What What is usually done for that? And and really, what's the prognosis? I mean, is it something that has to be managed with medications ongoing, or what does that usually look like? Well, it, it again, it gets back to trying to treat people for their worst symptoms. So maybe yeah. your symptoms are are this particular kind of pain and really bad sleep problems. So it it kind of gets down to there there is uh, there's there is no fibromyalgia cure, no fibromyalgia medicine. Traditional painkillers don't seem to manage the type of musculoskeletal pains that people have um, because they're not they're not joint pains and they're not like torn ligament pain, there are these bizarre trigger point kind of pains that shift around. And mm-hmm. um, so it, uh, good doctors will often recommend a kind of a global therapy such as acupuncture, for example, which which can help kind of the overall person, you know, they're hoping. <laughs> um, but I, I tend to notice some things in common, and that is that by far the most common sufferers of those labeled with fibromyalgia are women in uh, menopausal or premenopausal or menopausal years. And so there, there has to be some kind of a sexual hormonal um, reason why so many menopausal hormonal women 
get this cascade of of issues. Mm-hmm. So for anyone listening who thinks they might be dealing with fibromyalgia, what what would be some of the signs or clues that it could be something that they're dealing with? Uh, well, uh, you mean the general kind of signs of fibromyalgia? Yeah, the, signs. The, the classic ones. Yeah. Yeah, the classic ones are are there's a, a, a online you can get a, a images of the classic trigger points, 18 trigger points on the body, which means if if someone comes and pushes on 11 of those and you that say ouch when they do then they're like, okay, we're looking at fibromyalgia here. So it's kind of an odd, an odd way. And, hmm. and you know, you may have uh, those pain and trigger points, but, but really what's going on is, is uh, in one way of looking at it, is heightened senses or sensory overload. It can also be looked at a little bit like PTSD, post-traumatic stress syndrome, that, um, that our senses get very overwhelmed and, um, and we feel the pain more, or we we suffer from the headache more, or we're more in we you know we feel that anxiety more, and and this kind of moreness, this sensory overload, takes me to looking at the um, neurotransmitter called GABA, G A B A, and I do a lot of work with GABA neurotransmitter because. I was diagnosed through a very involved and extensive series of neurological work um, 10 years ago that that was the cause of really all of my health problems was um, a deficiency in, in GABA. And just briefly, it's a neurotransmitter very similar to serotonin. It's what we call an inhibitory neurotransmitter, meaning it's part of the breaks in the body. We've got the, the go-go, the accelerator parts of our neurotransmitters, and we have the slow, slow, the breaking parts of our neurotransmitters. And serotonin are the breaks in the body, and they help um, govern and calm and relax and draw back and rest and heal. Um, all of our senses, our digestion, our emotions, the movement of our bowels, it's, it's huge, the number of things that GABA addresses. And when we're living our modern stressed-out, crazy, um, high-pressure lives, which is basically back to that analogy that's go too much go-go, um, yeah. and it just kind of burns out our brakes. And there are some simple herbs, passion flower for one, that you know I use just literally cases of passion flower in my clinic um, and my online store. People are like, "Wow, this stuff works great." I'm calmer, I sleep better, uh, um, I don't know if I have the same amount of pain, but I don't perceive it as such a problem, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. I just prescribed passion flower today, matter of fact. <laughs> yeah, it's wonderful stuff. And, and wonderful. if you get it in the liquid forms, the tinctures, you can really play with a dosage as opposed to just a, a capsule of the herb um, because you may not want that much calming at that particular moment you know you're you're driving to a party and you're a little anxious about being late or worried about how the people there are going to welcome you whatever you you don't really may not want a whole capsule of passion flower but if you've got it in the liquid tincture um, you can take a smaller dose and um, kind of manage yourself that way Uh, it's just it's a profound substance so that I, I think there's for me I try to address fibromyalgia with four different components and and that trans uh, neurotransmitter deficiency in GABA is is definitely one of my four keys. Mhm. Yeah, so so what I'm hearing and and what I'm what I also see clinically too is that is that these symptoms can be, as you said, it's a syndrome, so it's not like you have it or you don't, right? It's It can be a bit of a spectrum for people, and and the symptoms can be widespread. It can vary depending on the person. So one person can have chronic pain and, and a hyper, you know, heightened response to pressure or, or other stimulus, and, and someone else um, may have other kinds of symptoms, so feeling really tired. There's also sometimes there can be issues, difficulty swallowing or 
um, bowel and, and bladder issues, numbness and tingling, even brain function issues, cognitive dysfunction. Um, and sometimes you can have a collection of those, or maybe none of them. Maybe it's just the pain. So um, the, the, the range, it really can range different for, for various patients. And, and the important thing is really getting to the root of the problem. So what are some of those? Actually, before that, how common really is this? Is this something that affects... You know, male or female, and how how much? How, yeah, how common? It's it's very common. I think the estimates in the United States are are in the tens of millions or more, um, and and by far the majority is women in their thirties, forties, fifties. So the, in the mm. more of the hormonal um, age. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that is something I see also clinically, I'm sure you do too, that getting the hormones balanced, oftentimes these symptoms of, you know, quote-unquote fibromyalgia tend to just go away. So, um, interesting pattern. So, what? Um, so what is, looking under the hood, what's really going on with this? You mentioned GABA is one particular component. Um, what else could be contributing to the cause of, of this? What What are their potential causes? Well, the, the the four common causes that I see for fibromyalgia are, are number one, uh, gluten intolerance and the leaky gut. And we can come back and talk about these. So number one, the gluten in the gut. Number two, our detoxification system is overwhelmed and our lymphatic vessels are, are, are just literally thick with, with toxic sludge. <laughs> That's one way to put it. Um, Number three, the GABA neurotransmitter deficiency. And then number four, hormone imbalances, which it's, there are a lot of studies showing that there is a definite link between the thyroid and fibromyalgia. And for years, I kind of went with the thyroid and the gluten uh, thing. But as, as my perspective on working with people with quote-unquote thyroid issues has broadened over my decades in practice, what I see is that most People, if they have a possibility of being diagnosed as a, a thyroid problem, is that they really, underneath that, adrenals are burnt out. And again, it's back to that question of, of burnout. Um, so, it, yes, it's, it is many, there are studies showing thyroid hormones, such as armor or other natural desiccated thyroid, can help relieve a lot of the symptoms of fibromyalgia. But then when you look under that and you say, oh, yeah, but let's do a saliva test and check your adrenal cortisol levels, and we find that very low cortisol. And, you know, I just think we're all really struggling with with low cortisol. I hardly ever see a saliva test with high cortisol. Um, Occasionally, one of the four samples you do during the day might be high, and the rest are normal or low. but. Generally, I, I see them low. Is that what you see too? That saliva tests oh, for are sure. generally low yeah. cortisol. Yeah, definitely. And yeah, and, and even in and, and and people really, what I was going to say is that people tend to think cortisol is just the worst thing because it contributes to fat gain and that fat in the midsection. But what what oftentimes we isn't talked about is how cortisol is is actually a very anti-inflammatory in in an appropriate amount. So you get that flatline cortisol throughout the day, you just, you know, flatline adrenal function, and then you have this inflammation that's able to run rampant in the body. It's like a fire throughout the body. So you need that cortisol to bring that that inflammation that can really help with pain relief. So that's something I, I also see quite a bit too. Yeah, and then and then same with the gluten and the leaky gut, which is just buckets of inflammation. And um, mm-hmm. I personally feel that, that all of us, all of us have some level of antibodies to some of the different proteins in in wheat and other uh, oats and rye and barley, other gluten types of of grains that they're so alien and man made and hybridized, and that's not even counting the the roundup that they drench on okay. modern wheat before harvest to to desiccate it, and make it easier to harvest, and and that stuff's not washed off. I have a really good podcast with one of the main, main researchers at MIT on that very topic about Roundup and, um, and wheat harvest. And, and that is just staggering. When <laughs> I've actually seen some fields that were bright yellow, and it's like, wow, what is that crop? And I realized, oh, my gosh, that's wheat that's been sprayed with Roundup, and it's in its uh, 
seven to ten day period of desiccation where it just turns yellow and dead, and they're going to come and harvest it uh, for the for the for the wheat, the grains, the seed on the end of that wheat grass. And um, anyway, ooh, I get shivers it's just thinking nasty. about it. But right, um, totally. you know, wheat is it's so alien. It's just it's not in the form that we are sold at now. It bears no relationship to the original einkorn and emmer, um, which were types of grasses that we evolved from. And um, uh, it just, it's just a very alien substance that uh, I think we all make antibodies, maybe not just to the gluten, but the glutinin, gliadin, gluteomorphin. There's a whole, whole family of 20, 25 different proteins in there that we can react. And that's Cyrex Labs for testing. If people have access to that, um, that's that is a uh, just some brilliant testing that they do. They're the only company that I know of in the world doing that. And when I run those on clients, it, they all have some level of antibodies to some of these gluten-related molecules, and they may they're often not enough to be classified celiac disease. But you know, when you look at a piece of paper and you go, "Oh my gosh, I I out of these 25 things on this list, I actually had some." Significant little antibodies to ten of them. Well, there you mm-hmm. go. Um, and um, so, yeah, gluten, and then the damage caused to our to our gut from from eating grains and um, uh, beans with their high levels of lectins and dairy and other foods that that we have intolerance and indeed true allergies to sometimes, and they really inflame our intestines. Um, and damage the intestines. So you talking right. we're talking about inflammation that we need that cortisol to help control inflammation in the body. But again, getting back to where that's from is is often from from the food we're eating. Mm-hmm. For you guys listening, we we did have Dr. Tom O'Brien on. Um, I think, gosh, I think I've had him three times on to talk about autoimmune testing and gluten testing, and so that's a great one to listen to. A, a lot more detailed information. We talk about Cyrex Labs and the different panels that they offer, including the gluten panel. But just to touch on this briefly for people who aren't familiar, how in the world can gluten intolerance or leaky gut actually affect something like fibromyalgia? Because they seem so far away, right? You have your gut, then you have your muscles. How are those two things related? Well, that gets to the that, – that was perfect. That's a lead-in to the what I feel is the fourth – common, most common cause of fibromyalgia, and that is an overburdened detoxification system. Um, so the, we have um, an, a, a, a city, a whole city map of lymph vessels in our body, and, um, you know, there's arteries, there's nerves, and there's lymph vessels. So these things run through every part of our body, and they carry the waste products away from all the normal cellular activity in the body, as well as from the processing of, of, of toxins like pesticides and MSG and, and fragrances, which are all pretty much synthetic these days, chemicals. And it's kind of like a septic system. You know, it can, that lymph can get, it, you're de- maybe dehydrated, you're not exercising at the correct level, or you're just overexposed to too many toxins. And, the, the the system can just back up like a septic system and get very thick and sludgy. And then I always get this visual when I think of this of of um, like squeezing a washcloth and the, and the water just kind of squeezes out from a wet washcloth. And that the that those lymph vessels sometimes are just so overburdened that they they just kind of squeeze out some of that toxic debris and it gets loose in the body if you will and that mm. that is what causes these um, immune responses this inflammatory response attacking this stuff and that's why the you know you get the pains in in the muscles so that's that's one of the theories and, and one of mine is um, is that the whole detoxification system the lymph particularly is is just overwhelmed and lymph drainage massage is a particular type of massage, and um, a lot of massage therapists have had a little training in lymph drainage, but there are others that sometimes have quite a bit of, of training in lymph drainage, and it's it's worth finding somebody that can do lymph drainage with you and showing you how to do some of those um, little gentle techniques that they use on yourself. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, I find that that for many of my patients with fibromyalgia, they'll say, I just feel toxic in general. I just feel toxic. And I think that's uh, an important point you brought up with the, the liver detox pathways. And, you know, sometimes you can even feel this in your body. Do you find this as well? Well, yes. And, I mean, that's a very subjective thing if you you feel toxic. But, yeah, for me, I if I'm a little dehydrated or I've spent time in a hotel room with all the chemicals in there and I'm very sensitive to chemicals and synthetic fragrances and I'll tend to get a headache, uh, just, you know, mm. I just, yeah, there's something that I would call I just feel toxic. But let me say something. I, I know it's – and, and – I hope I'm not stepping on something that you suggest, but I I have a thing about um, quote unquote detoxing, and and mm-hmm. people sometimes go through amazing things that so they spend money and they're doing fasting and they're doing this and they're doing that and they go through all this stuff and and well I'm I'm doing it I'm detoxing I'm doing a liver detox and and you know. I have to really step back from that because, first of all, we don't. Most of us, we don't know what we're doing when we do that. Most of us, we're we're buying something and following the directions on a label, on something we found on, on the internet or something, and you know, and and then we're sometimes going without food and doing food fasting and at the same time. And right. um, it, the only the the irony is is that when people do eat lightly and eat less and do moderate fasts, the good news is they're probably getting off of gluten and sugar and dairy, and that's why they feel so well when they do a modified fast. It's not because the quote-unquote fast is detoxing you. It's that you stopped eating (laughs) the gluten and the grains and the sugars and the dairy and the MSG, and immediately your, your whole gut and lymph and liver and everything else goes, oh, thank you. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Take that burden off of the body. It's a huge, huge relief. Yeah, and then you go back to eating some of your old foods, and you're like, well, I guess that detox didn't work because I'm I'm starting to hurt all over again. I go, yeah, no, that's that sandwich you just ate. Um, You know, I I really encourage people to, to... it's actually the first thing I do with pretty much all my new clients, unless there's some other obvious, more emergency kind of a thing, a broken arm or something. But um, not that I'm treating the broken arm, but as a nutritionist, what I can do to help them with some of that pain and regrowth of bone and so on. And, and they can't sleep because their arm hurts and all of that. But um, it's really the first thing I'm going for with people is a, a paleo diet, an ancestral food diet, what I call the diet for human beings on my DVD and, and get them right off of gluten in, in as many places as they can dig it out. And that includes things like lipstick and uh, sometimes it's in your shampoo or your hair dye. It just could be hiding in a lot of places, beer and so on, in addition to being uh, crouton or, or pasta. So that's mm-hmm. first step for me is getting people off of gluten. Completely. We're exposed to so many toxins on, in our environment. It's it's really important for us to do what we can, especially with the things we put on our bodies, in our bodies. You know, I mean, we just can't always control the things we breathe in the air, but we can control the kind of f- the water we drink, the kind of food we eat. You know, the the kinds of lotions and lipsticks and makeup and all that kind of stuff. And but if if we're not being careful about all those different sources, that really does add to a higher toxic burden. And then your resilience goes down to where you're then out in the environment and you're exposed to different kinds of toxins in the air and you're that much more, you know, fragile because your body is broken down already. So it's really, it is important and it it does make a huge difference. There's, I know the Environmental Working Group, they find that cutting out the top fruits and vegetables with toxins will reduce your exposure to pesticides by over 90%. And that's within two weeks. It was very quick. So it really does make a difference because it, it can seem, I think, very overwhelming for people at times. It's like, well, the environment's just toxic. What can I do? But you really can do so much to, you know, reduce that that burden on the body. Um, what are some other kinds of tips you give for patients for cleaning up things? You, you tell them to clean up their kitchens, I'm sure, and their their um, body care products. And what are some other things you you go over with your clients? 
Well, um, the the quality of the water that you drink and the type of water filter that you use um, is is important because we're definitely drinking water every day, so it's something we're exposed to. And common tap water is, if it's not filtered, it's going to have chlorine in it and the byproducts of chlorine disinfection. Uh, some cities or counties or states fluoridate their water. We have that here in San Antonio, and it's a it, it, fluoride sounds like something, you know, innocent, like like a, a vitamin or a mineral or something, but it's actually um, not. It's it's actually a toxic form of fluoride that's uh, six or seven syllables long. So they don't call it that because it was it would scare people off. That's what they're putting in our water, and it's actually a waste, an industrial waste product, and um, we we put that in our our city water with some very saying that that's going to help prevent cavities in children. Um, Mm -hmm. But for the rest of us, it's just too bad. You're going to get poisoned by taking, drinking this stuff for the rest of your life. So, um, but it, it, most water filters, most good, decent water filters will take chlorine out. Chlorine's pretty easy, but fluoride is quite hard. And there are a lot of other toxic substances in city water and um, even if we have beautiful artesian water that comes out of the ground here, but where it comes out of the ground and by the time it gets to coming out of my tap, there's a lot of things happening to that water between here and there. Um, you know, breaks in the lines, dirt and rust and tree roots and bacteria, um, things that the water city water systems did not filter out, like drugs, prescription drugs and chemicals that are in the water. So um, I suggest reverse osmosis as the best system for water purification. And you can get those um, countertop if you want them, but they're they're really great to install under your kitchen sink. And you can uninstall them and take them with you when you move. And then then you've got great water right there at your sink that you can use for all your cooking too. So, you know, you've got it for your cooking, you've got it for your drinking, and, of course, never leave the house without... Um, filling up your non-BPA, non-aluminum water bottle that you take your good water with hmm. you. And yeah, um, <laughs> and and fragrance ready is, to go is when a you're whole other area. What about minerals? Y- yeah, because and that, the reverse osmosis. Yeah, I'm curious about your take on that. We're it, water is not our primary source of of minerals. Um, mm-hmm. You know, it's. There, if if I drink out of our artesian well coming right out of the ground here in Texas, it's heavily loaded with uh, limestone, which is calcium carbonate, um, and so we're we're all pretty much overdosed on limestone around here. It, it clogs up <laughs> our pipes, it st- it spots the sinks, it clogs up the dishwasher, but it clogs up our internal pipes too because that calcium, if we don't have enough vitamin K to carry it where it needs to go in the body. Um, we get too much calcium. But other than that, water is really not a great source of things like chromium or selenium or zinc or anything like that. So that's what your nutrient-dense food is for. And, and that's where we get your, your vitamins and minerals primarily come from your vegetables and your fruit. They don't really come much in your, in your meats or fats. So this is, this is one of the main reasons why organic um, uh, vegetables and some fruits are so important is that this is where we get the bulk of our vitamins and minerals. So yeah, clean that water up so there's mm-hmm. nothing toxic in there and it has a fairly neutral electrical charge on it and um, and and then let, let your food be your your food, let your food be your medicine. Um, mm-hmm. And I, I don't recommend these expensive um, alkalizing water systems. I don't, I don't know about your take on that, but um, I think that there's uh, plenty of evidence that these are really not not great for you and ridiculously expensive at the same time. So just a good plain old reverse osmosis, not distilled. Distilled water is is dead water. It has no electricity on it at all, and reverse osmosis still has uh, some electrical charge on it, which is good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. I think that the main priority is the cleanliness of the water and the alkalinity or, you know, acidity isn't isn't my main focus. If I do some lab testing and I see some real 
imbalances in pH. We'll sometimes talk about alkaline water, but definitely, you know, the cleanliness of the water by far priority. So something we share is the love for food as medicine. We love nutrition, and I and I know we both believe that you can heal your body with the right kinds of foods. So looking at that, nutrient deficiencies can certainly be associated with fibromyalgia. Are there any specific nutrients that you find that tend to be affected for people who deal with this condition? Well, if you look at a nutrient, it's you're either not getting enough of it in or you don't have the cofactors to to catch it and use it or you're using that nutrient up too fast. So mm. not enough in, using too much, and or you don't have the cofactors that help you use that nutrient. So um, B12, for example, is is such an amazing nutrient but uh it's and 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 vegetarians are classically deficient in b12 because it really is only found in animal food there are traces of it in blue green algae but that's you know that's not really our primary food source as a hunter and gatherer um so and b12 they call it the energy vitamin it's it's very neurologically active but i don't uh, really I think when, once we've gotten the gluten out of there and calmed some of that inflammation down in the gut so that you're digesting your food better and then upgrading the quality of your food to lots more vegetables and and good saturated fats like ghee and coconut oil and uh, the the pastured lard that you can buy lard from from healthy pigs online and it's really a delicious fat. And so we need these saturated fats, and then we need the fruits and vegetables for the minerals and the protein to give us the the amino acids and the proteins. So I'm not I'm not real big on supplementing individual vitamins and minerals, and which is interesting because in my clinic I have a you know I have some forty thousand dollars in inventory of mm-hmm. supplements, but I'm <laughs> but I'm I'm such a minimalist that you know if if we can get enough of these food and sleep and lifestyle issues and and maybe a little hormone support for the adrenals and get the blood sugar stable, get that good Himalayan salt in there and the good water, and people start sleeping better and the passion flower helps calm them down so they're not so anxious and burning up their nutrients so fast. And then, you know, then you just target supplements for the key organ or system that's that's needing support. Maybe it's the adrenals, maybe it's uh the menopausal, the progesterone. Um, you know, as you know, we're all so different. Yeah. Yeah. hundred percent agree that, that so much of, of the power really comes from those foundational pieces, not just jumping to giving you a supplement for this vitamin or that vitamin, but making it to where you can absorb it from your food and you can, you know, maximize that that gut function to where you're getting it in from your diet. Hugely important. And I and I use the vitamins and minerals just to kind of, you know, supplement for specific deficiencies, but totally agree that those are the, the real foundational pieces. Another thing I, I see with patients is vitamin D deficiency with, with fibromyalgia. I know there's some studies that link that of um you know, there's a study in the United Kingdom linking with of uh, it was forty three percent of females with fibromyalgia at very low level of vitamin D compared to um nineteen percent without fibromyalgia. And also in Ireland, they found that there were very low vitamin D levels in patients with fibromyalgia. So um, there's been some conflicting studies about about the research of vitamin D. But looking at the way that vitamin D works is it, it, it helps to reduce inflammation. And that's such a central piece of this condition and so many other chronic diseases as well. So important to get the, the right levels on that and, and making sure your doctor is checking that. And... Um, you know, get, getting sufficient amounts. And unfortunately, the low end of the lab range, uh, oftentimes uh, doctors will say, oh, you're, if you're at about a 35 in your blood, you're you're good. But I tend to want to see that about a 70 in the, the, the serum. So that's that's another important piece I see. And also I see magnesium is a very common deficiency for uh, for these a lot of these patients um, and calcium too. So getting a test is, is important. Any other ones you can think of? Well, anytime anyone says the words vitamin D, I'm immediately jumping in there and saying, yes, but you always need vitamin K when you Mm -hmm. take vitamin D. 
They're, they are totally designed to, to come together in their food sources that we, we need vitamin D and we need vitamin K both because vitamin D plays a huge role in, in depositing calcium into a, a cell or a location, but it's vitamin K's to K2, not K1, K2's role in carrying that calcium where it needs to go and extracting it from where you don't want it to go. So mm-hmm. my example earlier about calcium lining the pipes in your house, but also lining the arteries in your body or forming precipitate calcium crystals in, in the bladder or in your joints or bones, calcium in the wrong place. And and vitamin D may actually help deposit them there if it doesn't have the K2 which says, no, 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 we don't want to be in the arteries. We want to go over here to your teeth and your jaws and your muscles and your your bones and um, uh, the places where, where your vitamin D is supposed to go. So um, I'm big on, on getting a little uh, K2 supplement. And there are a few, few rare companies selling a combo D3 and K2 product. I've got one in my online store, but it took a while to find it. But I highly recommend people check out um, some of anybody, but my writing on on vitamin K2. So I think that, yeah, Mm. vitamin D is essential, but where D goes, K needs to go too. (laughs) Mm -hmm. We carry it from Thorne. Is that the company you've been using? Well, Thorne does have a D2 with K, and uh, that's one Uh, of the two that I know. You mean a D3? It is a D3. Uh, a D3 and K2, yes. Yeah, got and then it. <laughs> the other one I, is the one I carry in my online store. It's uh, an allergy research product, and yeah. it is a little gel cap of, of Great. vitamin A, D3, and K2. And oh, um, both of those are easy to take, and, and um, just it's just so helpful to have that little bit of extra K2. Yeah, awesome. Love it. Okay, good. So you so you talked about the four main causes. Um any any more diving into each of each of those that you want to do? Anything we didn't touch on? Well, I just wanted to say another quick word about fragrances. Um mm-hmm. you know, uh, it's so uh, I have a very sensitive nose and I I feel like sometimes I'm like a bloodhound, you know, if I'm walking from my <laughs> car into the post office. Well, I I can, you know, and a lady just passed me I can I can track her her scent wave all the way around the corner and into the post office, and mm-hmm. and you know it's we we our our detergents and the fabric softeners have stuff synthetic fragrances and our shampoos and moisturizers are a lot of our makeup and lipstick has fragrances which how bizarre is that and uh, deodorants and skin lotions and then on top of all of that we spritz on a little something and sit down next to our little uh, 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 air scenting machine that's squirting synthetic stuff out into the air. And it, it's just, it's, uh, it's insane the amount of chemicals we get exposed to from fragrances. So um, I think it's really helpful to encourage people to, that's like you said, that's just, one of the simple things you find the dirty dozen and the clean dozen in fruits and vegetables and notice, oh, these are the 12. I really want to buy organic because these are the worst offenders for pesticides. You can just Google that. Dirty dozen, clean dozen vegetables and fruits. But same thing to take that step with, with anything that has a fragrance, just don't buy that the next time it runs out. Get a different mm. uh, fragrance-free shampoo and detergent and and makeup, and of course, look while you're at it, look for gluten-free and all of those things too. And and stop wearing colognes and perfumes if you want to have a scent. Get a really high-quality essential oil, like a yeah. lavender or an orange, and 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 a little tiny dab of that. And it's and it oil instead of a, a little poison that you just put on yourself and anybody within ten feet of you too. Mhm. For sure. It's funny. I used to love cologne on men. Now I just don't really like it that much. I just they smell kind of toxic to me. <laughs> like I I would rather them have like some some yummy lotion that has some natural kinds of, you know, 
fragrance like some essential oils or something. I like that a lot more. It's it's interesting. And same thing for me. I used to wear so many perfumes. I just remember flashback back to volleyball days in high school. You may not believe this, but I used to douse myself with perfume before playing volleyball. <laughs> I think there was like sunflower yeah. wow. scent back in the the 90s. I was really into that. So, but I had a I had like a a workout perfume. I had a going out with my friends perfume. I had a date perfume. It's just like oh, and I wonder why I developed a thyroid condition. But that's another story. That's another show. Um, awesome. Yeah, and then so there's people, 40 of you in in. The, I was just yeah. saying, then there's 40 of you in that room together, and you've all got. Right. 25 different fragrances on you and <laughs> and then you get up and go to the restroom and it's like okay breath in the hallway and rush in there and do my thing and get out of here because they're spraying totally really chemicals inside the so bathroom toxic. so <laughs> i know it's like i think back to some of those things i just cringe so for people listening what are some things they can start now i want this to be nice and actionable there we've given a lot of you know a lot of really great information of some of the root issues but for people listening what can they start you know what are like three things that someone dealing let's, let's say they've given a they've gotten a diagnosis of fibromyalgia and they've really only gone the conventional medicine route what are some things they can they can start to do at home well, get that gluten under control immediately. You you really, really want to take charge of discovering all the ways gluten is in your life and get it out. I, I tell my clients, act as if you have a diagnosis of celiac disease and, and mm-hmm. really understand how gluten, the many ways it's getting into your body and how minute amounts can actually cause huge problems. And, and I have a long story about that. So gluten, number one, GABA, number two, get that and and see if it doesn't really help you with how your your pain levels feel, your anxiety, your digestion, sleep, reflux. Um, There's so many things that that GABA helps. I write so much about GABA. I'm just very passionate about it. And then number three, do a saliva test for your cortisol levels uh, while you're also running some labs for your thyroid and and get that just some basic information on free thyroid levels, not just total thyroid levels. So it's, uh, you know, you want to ask your practitioner, no, I don't want just regular TSH and total T4. I want free T4 and free T3. And do a saliva test and do four cortisol samples. And you can go online, just Google saliva test online, and it'll take you right to a lab that will send you a saliva test and it's the it's pretty easy. It's just a graph with a line across it, and, you know. And you can see, wow, my cortisol looks perfect, or wow, my cortisol is really high at night. And I wonder why. I, I, that certainly would explain why I can't sleep very well. Um, right. Or gosh, it's kind of looking low. I better go see Doctor Low and find out what am I going to do about this low adrenal reading. So, gluten, mm. GABA, and test those cortisol and good thyroid testing totally awesome all right well we kind of flew through this are there any any little parting words or things that you wanted to talk about i think we've done a pretty good uh overview of of this and what to do about it yeah you know i i i really 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 encourage people to think bigger think globally think what is affecting my entire body as opposed to, oh, I have this pain of this fibromyalgia pain right behind my scapula. I'm like, okay, that's okay. And if you get relief from your massage therapist, whatever, but you you want to think globally. What what are anything that I can help manage in my life that brings my body and mind more ease and comfort and and. You know, I think we're just all, we push too hard, we worry too much, we rush too much. And, you know, I shift that goal to what can I do to be more at ease and and more comfortable in my life? And you'll find that that's going to immediately take you to some of the things that I'm talking about. But um, it's a a miracle to realize you actually do have some control and tools to manage your life and that... You're not at the effect of, of, of this. You, you can take over and manage things 
and have it be fairly easy and comfortable for you to do that. So that's that's mm-hmm. what I want to tell people. Have hope. Think think big and uh, look for the big pieces in life that can use a little nudge or maybe a big nudge, like quit your job, <laughs> you know, <laughs> make a change. Awesome. Beverly, thank you so much for all of this amazing information. I know that this is going to help thousands of people find some relief with this condition. And I just acknowledge you for the work that you do. And you are very committed and very passionate about this. And I know you've helped so many people with your show, with your practice. And um, I just I really appreciate it. So thank you for sharing your time with us. And um, hopefully we can have you on in the future. Always got things to share. I've been a client in this field since the early 1970s. So I'm a dedicated, uh, who else knows a piece of this puzzle, find that person kind of a girl. And um, Mm -hmm. so I've amassed a lot of knowledge from myself as a patient over these many decades and then as a practitioner since the 80s also. So there's always so much to learn and to draw those connections of, oh, oh, look how those two pieces fit together (laughs) It's right. such, it's such a, a wonderful feeling. I know you know that as as the level of doctoring that you do with people when you when you make that connection and people see that connection and suddenly things get clearer and more simple to think yes, I can do this. I can make that change right there. That makes sense. Yep. Yep, little by little. Amazing. Awesome, Bev. Bev, I'm calling you Bev now. Hey, Bev. <laughs> Enjoy your evening out there. I know it's like bedtime for you, so get some good sleep. Charge your adrenal glands up over the night, and um, I'm sure I'll see you real soon. Have an awesome night. Thank you so much for having me on the show. Of course, my pleasure. All right, you guys, that is our show. Thank you so much for, for listening, and if we didn't get... um. For, for some of you guys who left some of the Facebook questions, um, if there's any other questions, you can go ahead and send me an email over at drlaurennoel.com. I'm happy to help answer some of those. And for you guys who want to be a patient, go check me out over at shinenaturalmedicine.com. You can read up a little bit about what we do. And also for, for you who've been listening to the show for a while, I would love to see a review over at iTunes. I love reading reviews. They just warm my heart up. So please go ahead and leave a review over at Dr. Low Radio on iTunes. And have a wonderful rest of your week, you guys. We'll check you soon. Thanks. Bye. North Pole Hotline, Mrs. Claus here. My holiday shopping list is so big, I can't wait for Black Friday. Get to Old Navy's biggest sale of the year starting tomorrow. Old Navy? Beat the crowds for 50% off your entire purchase. 50% off? Plus, this Friday only, Old Navy's famous cozy socks are just a buck in stores. Old Navy's giving $1 for every pair sold up to a million dollars to boys and girls clubs. So I can do good, look good, and get 50% off your entire purchase at Old Navy and OldNavy.com. Valid 1121 to 1123. Exclusions apply. See store for details. Cozy socks valid 1123 in stores only. Limit 10. North Pole Hotline, Mrs. Claus here. My holiday shopping list is so big, I can't wait for Black Friday. Get to Old Navy's biggest sale of the year starting tomorrow. Old Navy? Beat the crowds for 50% off your entire purchase. 50% off? Plus, this Friday only, Old Navy's famous cozy socks are just a buck in stores. Old Navy's giving $1 for every pair sold up to a million dollars to boys and girls clubs. So I can do good, look good, and get 50% off your entire purchase at Old Navy and OldNavy.com. Valid 1121 to 1123. Exclusions apply. See store for details. Cozy socks valid 1123 in stores only. Limit 10.